At this time, we are glad to have Reverend Dennis Meeker here with us from Kenya, who is going to be sharing God's word with us. Grace, mercy, and peace be to each one of you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I bring you many greetings from the Evangelical Lutheran Church in Kenya, from my Eagle Parish, which consists of six congregations in which I serve, from Point of Grace Academy, our school, and some 460 students that learn there. They all send you many greetings. Today's gospel picks up a day after the feeding of the 5,000. Some people got up and came back looking for Jesus. They could not find him. They remembered seeing the disciples getting into the boat without him. They did not know that Jesus had walked out to the boat and joined the disciples during the night. So they got in the boats and returned to the other side and landed at Capernaum with no idea how Jesus got to this side of the Sea of Galilee. They were full of questions. Our text records, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus really never did answer that question. It is clear that his presence in in Capernaum puzzled them. But he said this, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Jesus could see the hearts of these people. They were concerned about where Jesus was at. Because he had fed them free food just the day before. And they wanted to be around next time that he was serving his meal. They did not see... That the feeding of the 5,000 was a sign of Jesus' identity as the Messiah. Instead, they saw Jesus as someone who could make their life on this earth a whole lot easier. Get the free food instead of working for the food. The problem is not that the people took look to God for their needs. Remember what the Lord taught us. In the Lord's Prayer, to pray, give us this day our daily bread. The problem comes when we see this is, that this is God's primary function. Many people see earthly wealth as an indication that they are right with God. Many people believe that they do all the right things when God will make them healthy, wealthy, and wise. This means that if they are not healthy, wealthy, and wise, that something must be missing. That something must be wrong. 
that they need to find out what that is. This is a reason for the prosperity preachers who preach nothing but law. They give people a false hope that somehow they can live a life that will please God with the hope that God will give them earthly blessings. You can tell that the crowd around Jesus thought this way. They asked him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? They knew that they were poor. They knew that their life was a struggle. Therefore, they thought that there was nothing they could do in order to secure God's material blessing. They were looking for a way to work themselves into God's favor so that their life on earth could be easier. But Jesus answered them this way. This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. Instead of talking about works of man, Jesus spoke of the work of God. It is the work of God that creates faith in each of us. Jesus is the one who was sent from God. It is not man's work to save, but God's work that saves. The crowd's reply to Jesus' teaching shows the true hardness of their hearts. You can tell this by what they said. Here's what they said. Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. The conversations focused on bread. Specifically because just the day before, Jesus fed 5,000 people with as much as they wanted to eat. It also happened that Jesus had already performed many other signs. If you read the text before, he and even his disciples had healed the sick, driven out demons, given sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, sound bodies to the lame, even life to the dead. And yet these people asked for a sign. Their hardness of heart becomes even more apparent then we compare their statement with today's reading of the Old Testament. This reading clearly shows that Moses was merely God's instrument. It was God the Father who gave them the bread from heaven. Jesus pointed out this fact with his reply when he said this, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Jesus speaking about himself. He was telling them that he himself is the bread from heaven. He is the one who gives life to the world. As we come to the last verse in today's gospel, Jesus makes this very clear. He says, I am the bread of life. 
Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And whoever believes, believes in me shall never thirst. Bread provides life when it is consumed. Jesus provided life when he was consumed by shame, torture, and death. Even death on a cross. As the bread of life that was consumed by death and the grave, Jesus gives us a life that is so sure and so certain that we shall live forever without hunger, without thirst. That is, we will live in eternity. Jesus himself certified this fact when he rose from the dead. In faith, Christ is closer to us than even a mother is to her child. Jesus is always with us and will never forsake us. That's his promise. In today's gospel, we learn that Jesus is not only greater than Moses, but he is also the bread of life that is greater than manna. Manna sustained temporal life. Jesus sustains eternal life. During the next few weeks, you will continue through John chapter 6. You will learn even more about the salvation that Jesus gives to us as he is the bread of life. He is the Jesus from heaven. And this all climaxes in the Holy Communion. You can be assured that Satan does not want you here at all. He wants you to stay home. The world, as I see it, and I'm sure as you see it, is really spiraling the wrong direction. We see it everywhere. In Kenya, it's terrorism the same as it is here. It's all the, the lies that Satan is putting into the ears of the people and they're believing it. What I see the most important work of the pastor is if, if you can recognize the bodily presence of Jesus in this worship, in your baptism, and then he actually touches you bodily presently in the bread and the wine, his very body and blood. If you can grasp that just a little bit, you will not want to stay home and sleep. You will want to be here receiving those gifts that he gives to his church administered by your pastor. He is not out there somewhere like the world teaches. He is right here in our midst. Believe it. It is true. Stand firm. Don't compromise that. The doctrine your pastor teaches you, do not compromise it. You compromise it, then Satan gets the upper hand. And pretty soon it's watered down to nothing. And Jesus is nothing. 
So we pray from even Kenya for the U.S. And now I know that you will be praying for us in Kenya. And not just us, but all the missionaries around the world. Because this is a worldly challenge. It's not a U.S. challenge. There is not a country on the face of this earth not facing the challenges that Jesus is nothing. That he is a myth. He is truly the Son of God, truly man and truly God, coming down to save us. It is us to throw him away, because he'll never leave us. So that is our prayer. May the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.